Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. I feel so blessed that we have children that are learning prayer from an early age and prayer and meditation and, and not learning it in the way that I learned it as a child. Like now I lay me down to sleep if I should die, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my goodness. But the prayer and their wisdom about prayer, wasn't that beautiful? We need to raise up a generation that grows up knowing their power. I, I watch Grace, and if you don't know Grace, Grace is the older gal that was in the, in the video, she's somebody who was born into unity. And because her dad, Dave, is the music director here, she has continued to come every week, every week for her entire life. And so she's really steeped in these principles. And you listen to her wisdom when she shares what prayer means to her about feeling it in her heart and feeling the power and being able to see even before it shows up, just like you plant your, your seeds in the earth and in your mind you can see the beautiful crop that's going to come. And she has that ability as a young teenager. Imagine the world that grace will create. And these younger kids that you saw in the video, they're starting from such an early age with knowing these truths, and that will continue to mature. And this is why it's so important for us to encourage all of our families and do whatever we can to support our families so that these children grow up knowing who they are. There was one teenager whose um, video didn't make the clip, but he said, I don't believe in prayer, which is probably why it didn't make the clip. <laughs> but, but what he had to say about it was so interesting. He, he said that he didn't believe in an outside force that was going to create the world that he wanted. He was going to do it through the power of his mind and his determination. And so that statement is so interesting to me because it wavers right on the edge between ego and higher consciousness. And I don't know where he was because I wasn't talking to him. I don't know if he was thinking, I'll do it all myself and from a place of ego and, and pushing, pushing and and feeling like he's on his own. And that's not higher consciousness, that's ego. But it may have been that he has just heard enough that he's taking in the reality that I create my world, but it's the I of higher consciousness, the I that is one with what we sometimes call God. It's the I that is the love and the power that flows as everything that is. And when I know myself as that, 
I create whatever I desire because I am here in the image and likeness of the creative force. I am here to be a creator. So I hope that was his consciousness when he said that. And if it wasn't, I know that if he keeps hanging around here, he's going to grow into that because it's a process. And, and part of our process is going through a time of atheism where we don't believe that there is a God out there because there isn't. There isn't a separate God. And so what we call atheism can actually be a very high evolving place. And yet, as you stick with that and you continue to learn, you realize that it isn't that there is a God out there. It's that it's all there is. And you have, you have new language for it. You realize that it's love everywhere. So when Eric sang and he talked about the song is singing, I will love you the most, who is I? It is the cosmos. It's all that is. All that is is loving you the most. And who are you? Who am I? We are that cosmos. We are loving ourselves the most because that's what we are here doing. So in prayer, we are, prayer is a technology. It's a spiritual technology and it's about recalibrating our thinking because it's our consciousness, the way that we are thinking about things that is creating the experience that we are having. Sometimes there are experiences that come to us and we could argue that we didn't create that, but we are creating our experience of it. So let's say, for example, someone comes in and burglarizes your home. I'm not saying, well, that's your consciousness. You had a burglar because of your consciousness. I'm not saying that. But your experience, how you hold this experience of being burglarized is all about your consciousness. You perhaps have seen videos from the fires in California in different years, and, and there, here would be two people side by side, and one has lost everything, and they're just so in despair, and they don't know what they're going to do. They've lost everything material. And the next family has also lost everything material, and they're saying, oh, I am so blessed Everyone got out alive. Everything that matters, I still have. Two completely different experiences, all dependent on our consciousness. Any experience, we're going to have painful experiences, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> and, and there's no amount of consciousness can eliminate painful experiences. But the suffering is dependent on our consciousness. So what we do in prayer is we shift our consciousness. And we can't always do that for ourselves. Sometimes we are just so in the muck 
we cannot get ourselves out. We, we might as well be in quicksand. We're going down and it's going to be all over. And that's when having a spiritual community who is willing to pray with us can make all the difference. Having a prayer partner is so amazing. And if anybody wants a prayer partner that doesn't have one now, let us know and we'll match you up. When someone prays with us, it helps us to get our mind into a more high vibration. I'll give you an example. This last week, I started to worry about one of my daughters. And the story that was running through my mind was the story of Bluebeard and his wives. I don't know if you've heard that story. Clarissa Pinkola Estes has a wonderful version of it in Women Who Run With the Wolves. But in that story, Bluebeard has this one room that is only open, can only be opened with the skeleton key. And his wife is not supposed to open it. Of course, like Pandora's box, she opens the door. And when she opens the door, she finds the bones of all of his former wives. And she realizes, uh-oh, she's next. So that was the thought that was going through my head because of something that my daughter was not addressing, which I, in my wisdom, felt she should be addressing. So I had this story running about she's going to end up like the wives of Bluebeard in this skeleton room. It's going to be terrible. And you can imagine how I was feeling as I had that story going through my mind. It was not a very up thought, let me tell you, or an up feeling. And the feeling is important because feelings are like the gas in the, in the car. You have to have the gas in there or you're not going anywhere. So you have to have positive feelings if you want to create something positive. If you have negative feelings and you're dwelling in those, then you're going to create something negative. So at some point, as I'm mired in this misery, it occurred to me I might consider praying. You would think that thought might have come a little sooner, but it didn't. But at least it came. You know, doing this work consistently means it isn't such a faraway thought. It eventually comes. And so when I prayed, I... I was able to get myself out of that story. And instead of focusing on the door and the dead wives behind the door, I thought about how this wife in the story was cunning. And she told B Bluebeard before he killed her, she just needed a little bit of time for prayer so that she could meet her maker in peace. And he gave her the time. And she used that time not to pray, but to send out on the on the turret up above, a call to her brothers who came riding in on their horses and killed Bluebeard. So let's not get into how that actually worked technologically. The point is she didn't stay mired in the, oh no, what's going to happen to me? I'm a goner. She didn't stay there. She went into a higher consciousness that she can create a better scenario for herself, and she did. 
and my daughter can too. And when I realized that, I thought, why am I thinking about the door full of skeletons instead of thinking about the resourcefulness that my daughter was born with? And when I shifted my thinking, I felt better. And I stopped doing the, the equivalent of putting voodoo pins in my daughter's etheric body. And I started lifting her up energetically, affirming that she has within her everything that she needs to be brilliant and successful and create whatever it is that she is here to create in this world. So it was really helpful for me. Right now, we have a world that is going through a pretty difficult time. You would be hard-pressed to find a place in the world where there's no suffering happening. How we hold the story of what is going on makes all the difference. If we hold it as the world is coming to an end, if we hold it as this is a punishment, if we hold it as even as we did this ourselves, which we may have, it is not going to uplift us. But if we hold it as something that is going on inside a cocoon, that we are breaking through into a new world, then it makes the suffering easier. Some psychologists said that you can bear just about anything if you have a why. Prayer can help us to find a why. Prayer helps us shift dimensions. The power of prayer is in a higher dimension. When we are stuck in the material world, then all we can see, it's like pushing a rock uphill. And it's very difficult to do. It's very difficult to make these changes with just our willpower and, you know, get behind that, that rock and push. That's the hard way. But when we shift up into a higher dimension where peace is the ruling force, love is the ruling force, and we, from there, we create new images, new stories, then we feel good and we vibrate in a different way. And because we each are a microcosm of the whole macrocosm, we change the world. And when we gather in a group, whether it is virtually or physically, our power to create is amplified. There is a ripple effect that just has no limits. I know, I know you have read the studies 
about the power of prayer and meditation, how they've done experiments where they've stopped crime in Washington, D.C. for a period of time where people were meditating. There are experiments that show a control group of people being prayed for, having quicker resolutions of their symptoms than the group that wasn't being prayed for. And some of those experiments even involved groups of people that were, had been in the hospital 20 years ago. So when we're in the world of prayer, there is no limit to time and space. Our healing goes out because it's a higher vibration where time and space is irrelevant. So the fact that I'm praying for somebody who's in the future or in the past or in the Czech Republic or wherever it is that I'm holding someone, that doesn't have a limitation. So in prayer, I just go into my heart. And that's what we are all called to do. Prayer is not complicated. Sometimes when I'm, when I'm in a group, in a Zoom, for example, or in a class, I will say, who would like to pray us in or pray us out? And often, often I get people saying, oh, I, I can't do that. I don't know how. And people don't feel like they have the authority to pray because there's something complicated about it. And I want to say to you, there is nothing complicated about it. When we pray, this is what we do. We just stop focusing on what's in front of us. And we tune in to a higher dimension. We tune in and we acknowledge the power and the love of all that is. And we remind ourselves, I am that. So that's the starting place. You can only claim something in prayer if you remember that you are part of all that is. And there's nothing outside of it. So whatever the circumstance is that you think is amiss, is not outside of it either. And what you're doing in prayer is you're pulling that back into remembrance of what it is. So this terrible situation with the coronavirus, instead of holding it outside and saying, well, that's outside of love, what happens when we say, this is part of love expressing? Tough love, maybe, but part of love expressing. And so we claim what it is that we want, what we want to hold. So I claim that this experience of the coronavirus is a necessary and it's a salvation for us. It is taking us from the world that was not working for us into a world that works for all. It is the ghastly escort that is calling us to a higher way of being, that is reminding us of what matters. I claim that this is so. 
just take a minute and we let that sink in. And as we do, as it sinks in, we just naturally flow into gratitude. We are so grateful that this is happening now. That we are in the process of transition to a world that works for all. We are so grateful for all the people who are playing their roles in making this transition. And filled with gratitude and knowing this is so, we just, we just let that go. We let it go into the ethers, knowing that as within, so without. What we know and these higher planes, as above, so below. As we know it is truth, it must be. We release the insistence that it be, that it look a certain way or it happen in a certain timing. We just know that we have created it and so it is. And we hold that image in our mind. And when we do, we change the world. So this week, I invite you, first, fill out a prayer claim if you haven't done it already. Get over whatever resistance is in you about the technology or what you know how to do. Claim something. Let us hold it with you. Let's create miracles together. Let's hold our Fox Hollow people in prayer. Let's see them thriving through this, protected. Knowing that they are loved, feeling love that is unreasonable because it's coming from beyond the edges of what they can see. It's coming from a higher plane. Join us in prayer this week and every week. We can change our world through prayer. Prayer is love in action. Prayer is how we recalibrate first our consciousness and then our world. So let us pray together. Namaste.
luce che tu dai Nel cuore resterà Let this be our prayer. 